0: and we are live. How we doing? We are doing good. This is this is rare. A uh, midday recording session. This is very rare. Welcome back to Disco Inferno, the podcast. Sam, of course, right next to me is Logan. We're in the studio, ripping it up. It's like 2 p.m. in the afternoon on a Wednesday. On very, a Wednesday. Very, very rare. Yeah, this doesn't happen every day. But like we said, we are committed to the people we're out here, brewing content like it's nobody's business, yeah, we're just doing what we can to bring the people the content that they want to hear, yeah, I mean, it's as simple as that. we don't need to elaborate, yeah, keep it simple, so you might be asking yourself, so, when's this whole double dating thing? when are we getting a new episode very soon, we still haven't gotten Laura on the podcast yet we could talk about our third double date because we spoiler alert did get a third double date but we decided we want to keep this kind of in chronological order in terms of like the dates and stuff like that so we're still working out days that we can bring wonderful Laura down for the podcast we are gonna have a fantastic time she said that she cannot wait and I cannot wait to talk some dogecoin some Elon to the moon to the moon so that's kind of where we're at with the double dates. Once that episode comes out, we'll keep rolling with the double dates, but we got a nice little episode for you in the meantime to keep the juices flowing. And today's episode is going to be about one of the comfort challenges that I've been working on, at least for myself. So any initial precursor thoughts for the people? Um, Not too many from me, but this was, this was exciting for me to watch as well because... Um, as you'll hear, it's been a long time coming, so I don't want to give anything away too early. So why don't we just jump right in? All right, let's get right into it. So, you know, by this point in time, me and Logan, we're all about the comfort challenges, figuring out ways that we could push our comfort levels for the better in one way or another. And that's why we kind of started the whole double dating thing at the beginning, but it definitely goes to more than just double dating for sure. You know what I mean? So we're always thinking about stuff that we could be doing that would either that would somehow improve us in one way or another and this is a comfort challenge that has been a long time in the making so let me just kind of lay down what it is so as you know me and logan played golf way back in college played golf is a it's kind of a loose term you know we were we were on the team but yeah, I usually tell people that uh, I played golf in college, but with an asterisk, you know, I was on the team, didn't travel that much, you know, got a couple of showings here and there, but not a lot of activity. We were still the glue that held the team together, though. That's for sure. That's true. We were the, uh, the soul, heart and soul of that team. Yeah, we brought the mojo, as our coach would like to say. Yeah, we, I mean, don't forget, you were sending out the, uh, back our senior year, Sam would send out a weekly email. We should dig some of those up. And oh, yeah. uh, there was some. It was like a weekly hype email slash recap of the week slash song of the week slash whatever Sam felt like talking about <laughs> on that day. And there were some some electric uh, emails to the team to to keep people involved, keep people going. Um, we wanted to we wanted to build a nice familial style culture for the team. Our senior year, me and Logan, that was our main priority. So we went ahead and did that while the other two seniors they were busy captaining the team doing the whole they were more tailored towards the playing aspect of it and we were more tailored towards the getting everyone together and making sure that we create a great experience for all you know what i mean yeah we'll leave the playing to the rest of the team for us we'll uh we'll just lead the spiritual charge we maybe i should bring the emails back weekly disco inferno email listeners tell us what you think if anyone would subscribe hey just let me know more than happy to do it because they were some good emails that's for sure Anyways, we were on the golf team, but as I've mentioned kind of in the past, I have been dealing with various injuries over the years. Okay. To be quite honest, I haven't been 100% since I was about 16 years old. I hurt my ankle back in high school. It's still bugging me to this day. I also had a shoulder thing going on back in high school, which thankfully is feeling better. But then once I got to college, my freshman year, I hurt my knee still bugging me to this day. Junior year, I ended up tearing something in my hip after we were doing hot yoga. Did we tell the... Did that come up in one of the I dates? don't think it has. Well, I mean, it's definitely come up on the dates, but I definitely did not explain it, at least okay. on the podcast. Okay. To give you the short and sweet version. So junior year, you know, in the off season for golf, we like to stay nice and limber. We like to look for things to do to keep us active. We're golfers at the end of the day. We don't want to push ourselves too hard, but we want to make sure that the, the muscles stay nice and loose. You know what I mean? So we thought what better way than to just chop it up with the local single moms at hot yoga. So weekly we would go to these hot yoga sessions. And this one day we went in and it was a nice hot steamy session, you know, just how I like it. Bikram. Oh yeah. Bikram. I forgot that's Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. So us as the team, we roll in and it's a very, very intense session that we were in this day. I was in nice triangle pose. The, uh, The instructor's like, yeah, make sure you really get into it. I start getting deeper and deeper and then, bam, I feel like this little snap in my hip and I'm like, oh God, that's not good. What made me realize that it really wasn't good was it felt like my leg was like on fire immediately after the fact. I'm like, I just messed something up. So, uh, the following six months or so, this was early 2018, the following six months was me just kind of playing around, making sure that I didn't need to get surgery. Lo and behold, I ended up getting surgery because I, I could walk. I couldn't walk without being in a ton of pain. I couldn't swing a golf club without it feeling like I'm kind of getting stabbed in my hip. So went in, tore my labrum in my hip, got that nice and fixed up. And then, uh, after that started the recovery process and literally like a couple weeks right before I got my surgery, I hurt my arm which is still bugging me to this day. It's a weird injury where they don't really know what it is. They think it's called thoracic outlet syndrome, which is something that a lot of baseball players get. It pretty much, it's terrible if anyone has it, or at least they think they have it. It's pretty horrible because it feels like your arm is like, it's almost like a sunburn on the inside of your arm. And like your arm just hurts all the time. It like feels like it's like numb, prickly. It's terrible. So I had the hip surgery. I was recovering from that. But at the same time, my arm was still struggling and it's still struggling to this day, but we've been, uh, we've been working it out, trying to get some things. I'm actually going in tomorrow. They're going to shoot my arm up in my neck with Botox because I guess that's, they found some sort of research that that helps out with things. So I actually did that back in November and it has helped out a little bit to the point where I am at today, which I'll explain a little bit, but anyway, so it's been a long time coming because I haven't golfed really since before I hurt my hips. So late 2017 was the last time I golfed to put that in reference. It's 2021. If for some reason someone's listening to this three years from now. (laughs) So I haven't golfed in a very, very long time. Okay. The only time I really started to kind of play around with it was last year, like two or three times I went out and I would play around. I wouldn't necessarily say that. I even played, though. I was kind of just me going out, seeing what's up. The hip was feeling okay, but, you know, the arm was kind of struggling. And then I hurt my other hip last November, which is still still bugging me. It's like grinding. Like, if I move it, it pops. It's gross. Still trying to figure that out. But I've been wanting to get back on the links for a very long time. And I was watching the PGA Championship with good old Phil Mickelson not too long ago. And... For anyone that doesn't know golf, you're not going to understand what we're talking about. But Phil went out there and he beat all the young guns, becoming the oldest major champion in history. And to be quite honest, I was watching that the entire time and it got the juices flowing. I saw that and I was like, God, I need to I need to get back in the game. I was out of the game for a while. I didn't even want to watch golf because I knew this was going to happen. And then I watched this PGA Championship and I said, all right it's it's time for me to, to get back into it. I don't care if my arms sore, if my hips bugging me. I got to figure out a way that I can get playing again. So I was like, all right. I want to I want to play again, but I don't want to be stupid about this, you know what I mean? Comfort challenges, they're supposed to push you for the better, you know, with the way my body was feeling, it might not have been for the better if I started golfing again, but I really wanted to get back into it after playing for such a long time. So I decided later that week after watching the PGA Championship, one of my buddies down on the Cape actually happened to text me. He's like, yo, I'm in town. You want to go golfing? I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Let's see how it's feeling. And I went out there with him and I ended up playing absolutely amazing. Like it was kind of ridiculous. So I hadn't touched a club for at least a year at that point. And at this point I had probably played three rounds of golf over the past four years or so since 2017 so it was a long time and the fact that i went out there and played as well as i did was it really got the juices flowing it was it was honestly crazy i went out there and it was probably the best i've played maybe ever honestly like that's how good the swing was feeling i think you texted me that day um and you're like just played first time in forever the game is on point And to put it in perspective, so Sam and I played golf together for four years in college. I think I've only played a handful of rounds with you, like probably maybe five or six rounds like in total. Right. Which is like crazy to think about. Yeah. I was a mess in college that along with I was sick 24 seven in college. It was crazy. Yeah. The uh, (laughs) I think I think I've been telling Sam that he needs to get his his health like back to 100 percent for. Probably as long as I'd known him, which is like six years or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I said, I I even went into college not at uh, at 100%, but it was stuff that wasn't really affecting my golf game at all. So it didn't really matter. But, um, yeah, I went out that day and I was like, all right, I got to see what's happening. I got to sign up for a tournament because this is too good. I need to get back into the game. You know, I've been out for way too long. So I go online and I see that there's this one tournament called the Massachusetts Publinks, which is a tournament that anyone associated with a public course can go play, but you have to qualify for the tournament. And they were doing qualifiers all throughout the month of June. So I decided my comfort challenge for this month, because I try to do like one big comfort challenge every month. My comfort challenge for this month is to sign up and try to qualify for the mass Publinks. So I went straight home after the round went straight to the computer, typed in my credit card info, paid my hundred bucks and bam, I was ready to roll. I was officially signed up for the qualifier for the Mass Publinks. So this was at the beginning of June when this all happened and I decided, okay, so I got my goal, but now I got to figure out how I'm going to qualify. You know what I mean? Just because you sign up, you know, I'm getting in the game, but that doesn't mean I'm playing. So I decided I need to do a couple things. One, I kind of need a, the game felt like it was good, so I didn't think I needed to practice that much. Especially because I didn't want to aggravate my hip or my arm or whatever. So I decided I want to try to get my body in as good shape as I can before the round. So I started going over to... Well, I've been going for a while over to TB12 in Foxborough, which is like Tom Brady's performance place. If anyone goes there, go see my man Joe Joe Kudelka. He is the GOAT. So I went, talked with Joe... I was like, Joe, my man, like, this is big. Like, I'm playing in this tournament. I haven't played in a tournament in who knows how long since 2017. He's like, all right, let's do it. Let's get after it. So, we worked out this huge workout plan for me to do for like the month leading up to the tournament. I started doing that about a week in. I was doing one of the workouts, and it's like one of those ones where you throw a medicine ball at the wall. It came back, and I caught it weird, and I ended up partially, well, I didn't go get a check, but I sprained my wrist. Okay. <laughs> This is not the first time I've ever sprained my wrist, so I just knew what to do. Put it in a brace for two and a half weeks, and then I was good to go. But with that being said, you know, I couldn't really practice swinging a club or anything while I got this stupid wrist brace on. So minor setback throughout it, but I kept my hopes high. I was like, all right, well, this has happened early enough to the point where I can still be good to go for the qualifier. I just might be a little rusty. So two and a half weeks go by. I'm practicing again. The swing's not as good as it was before, probably because the wrist was bugging a little bit, but I was like, okay, it's not bad. Now let's go back to a couple days ago, the day before the Publinks tournament. I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh God, not again. I don't think you've ever heard this story I'm about to say too. I wake up with one of the worst stiff necks I've had in a long time. I get these, I'm not sure about you, I get these stiff necks kind of randomly, like once every year or two years that are just brutal, like debilitating, can't move without wanting to throw up there that bad. Like it's terrible. I don't understand your health situation at all because I just like don't experience any of these things. I've really been pretty injury free my entire life. I don't get sick that much, but (laughs) it's just polar opposites. So I don't even, I don't even follow Go on. Yeah. Well, so every like year, two and a half years or so, I get this terrible stiff neck where I just cannot move. If you saw me on Instagram, I posted a picture with me and Logan, like on a zoom call and I was wearing a neck brace. I had a stiff neck that day, but it wasn't terrible. This stiff neck was bad. Like I woke up, I texted Logan. I'm like, I'm not sure I can go to this tournament because I was going back and forth with Logan. And I was like, you know what? This is a comfort challenge. The more uncomfortable thing probably would have been saying, Sam, this is kind of stupid in the long run. Just drop out. You can play in another tournament. But I was like, I got to do this for the people. The Disco Inferno family, they deserve this. They deserve me to go and finish this Comfort Challenge off. That just kept running through my head. Yeah. For you listeners, think about that. You guys didn't even know about this. And and Sam's out here laying it out for you guys. So, you know, give him a, a round of applause for that. You know, clap, clap. Well, the story I was about to tell you, so the last time this real, a really bad one happened that was associated with golf was my freshman year of high school. So I went water tubing with some of my high school friends, like a week before my high school golf tryouts freshman year. So I was 14 years old. Okay. And the way our high school tryouts happened, it was two days, one day and was like the qualifying round. The second day was kind of like setting up between varsity JV, whatnot. And After the first round, I felt okay, but I could definitely feel a stiff neck coming probably from just holding on to the water tube the entire time and having Mr. Thomas, my parents uh, or my friend's parents just whipping us around on the lake. And I was like, all right, this isn't bad. And then I was at the golf course the next day walking to my tee to the tee box and my neck literally starts to swell up. Like it looked like I got stung by like a ton of bees. Like my neck was like double the the size it normally is. I was like, something's not right. So I went and saw the assistant coach who I didn't even know. I hadn't even met him at the point. I'm like, Hey coach, like something's going on. I don't know what's happening. And then he like, he starts touching my neck and he's like, Oh yeah, that's, that's not good. So then I call my mom. I'm like, mom, like you got to come over real quick because something's going on. And then I see her and my mom's kind of like, well, here, hands me a ton of title and all. And she's like, just try, try to make it through. You know, it's freshman year tryouts. I'm trying to make varsity because they only take one to two freshmen And, um, I literally pumped myself up with Tylenol. I probably have never taken so much Tylenol in my life. I'm playing with like some of my good friends and they're like, Sam, you don't look good. And I could not talk at this point. Like my neck was so stiff. I was like, "Uh, how I'm talking right now. I can't, uh, that's like as good as I could talk. So in my head yesterday, before this tournament, I was like, I don't want another situation like this because that put me out of commission for like two weeks afterwards to get my neck back to normal. Like it was, it was brutal. So I was like, I was tossing and turning. Do I do it? Do I not do it? And I was like, you know what? I gotta do it. So I started kind of getting proactive with it. I I went on and off between Tylenol and Advil for a while. I was going in the hot tub. I do. You, have you ever gotten cupping therapy? I've talked to Logan about this before. Yeah. Well. I haven't like legitimately done it, but like, didn't you have some of them? And I have some, you got like some of the mini ones. Yeah. I have some mini ones at my house that you can Mm -hmm. kind of move around on you. Highly recommend cupping therapy by the way, but I put it all on the back of my shoulder and up on my neck. I'm surprised I don't look like I have hickeys right now because I was covered in these things. I was, you know, bio freezing it, icing it. I was doing, I was pulling out every single therapy method I could at my house to get ready for today. I woke up this morning. Still still a little stiff, but I was like, you know what? I think I can manage this. So I decided I'm doing it. And the reason I kept texting Logan back and forth with this is because I asked him. I told him I'm doing a comfort challenge for the month trying to qualify for the pub links. I need someone on the bag because I know for sure my hip and my arm are not going to hold up if I try to carry my bag. So I hit Mr. Mr. Logan up. almost dropped his last name there um hit mr logan up said yo you want to do this and he's like absolutely i want to do this yeah so actually i i want to read them the text that you sent me okay because so so sam texted me you know day before the tournament in the morning and he was like i woke up with a horrible stiff neck gonna make a decision on whether i play or not and i'm sitting here like You got to be kidding me. Like, it's not the end of the world. I already had the day off from work. So, you know, if we didn't end up playing, I could have just had a free day to myself to do whatever, I guess. But I was pretty excited about this. And I walked upstairs and I was like, I looked at my roommates and I was like, I think he's going to bail. Like, whenever something medical comes up, I feel like he always plays it safe, yada yada. And then I got a follow up text and it said, all right, here's the game plan. Planning on playing, ripping Tylenol or whatnot. If I get there and it feels like trash, or if I start playing and it feels like trash, we can always withdraw and then go rip some podcasts. Shout out to the podcast. Uh, T times 830. Says to be there 820. Be ready to walk, uh, but we might try and get a cart. Follows it up with, please bring, one, golf balls, two, rangefinder, three sixty three, 60 degree wedge. My brother stole mine. And four, attitude because the goat is ready to show these people some magic and with that text i was like all right full send we're in this i replied i said i can supply everything that you need and that was that i want to put it into perspective too most of the time i go into these tournaments i don't try to let the ego get into the way i i'm pretty humble as a person i'd like to say and being out of the game for too long i saw that when you're going into these things you got to really think that you're the best out there You got to leave no stone unturned. Like, you got to get after it. You got to be unafraid to absolutely put your pedal to the metal, foot on the gas, foot on the neck in some ways if you're playing against people. I mean, you got to absolutely just go out there and rip it. No mercy. No mercy. No more. I'm very much a everybody wins guy, and I love it when I'm playing in tournaments and everyone's playing good. But you know for sure I'm trying to beat them all. You know, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Playing to win. Oh yeah, we're we're not here to come in second, come in third. No, second's first loser. Exactly. As Playboy Cardi says, "I'd rather die before I come in last." I mean, anyways. Moving on. Moving on. Goat mentality. You got to have that goat mentality. Exactly. I never had that goat mentality before, but I've been out for too long. I'm like, you know, I gotta, I gotta get out there, get after it. So we roll up. It's at Braintree Municipal Golf Course in Braintree, Massachusetts. I will drive in and I'm like, Oh boy, this place looks rough. It looks gritty, <laughs> but I love it. So, uh, I walk in there. Like I said, I have no golf balls. So I the Logan and bring some golf balls. And then we load up on the first tee and we play the round. So I guess we'll just start from the beginning. First hole par five, get a nice little par in there. Nothing crazy. Second hole, <laughs> hit it ob like instantly <laughs> get a nice double on that hole par three next hole get a par next hole i think a par five yep par five hit one left ob drop hit one right ob after that drop again i forget if i got a, i think i got a double there and then from there on out it was kind of just if you're if you don't know golf then you probably have no idea what i'm talking about but I was not playing great. I was put not it that good. Way. As his caddy, I can confirm it did not look good. I was pretty surprised. I was scraping away with some of the numbers. I was to be quite honest. Yeah, well, you were you were putting pretty well. The problem was every tee shot you were just pulling left with a hook, yeah. and this is like a tight course. Pretty much the back nine, there are lateral hazards, essentially like water hazards, on both sides of every single hole. So. Pretty much if you miss, you're dead. And the back isn't even, like, short, so it's not like you're hitting, like, an iron off the tee. I mean, you're pulling the big dog every time, especially for those of you who don't know. You know, while Sam is an absolute (laughs) specimen of a human being, he doesn't really move the golf ball too far. Yeah. Um, I've always been a finesse player, which I thought this course would suit me towards that because typically I'm money off the tee. I remember, like, back in high school, my strongest thing was hitting fairways. Like, I could hit a fairway like nobody's business. I couldn't hit it that far, but I could hit a fairway. I think I played this one stretch of holes where I think I went like 30 holes hitting every single fairway. Like that's bananas. Like it, I'm, I'm pretty money in terms of accuracy because I have to be, because I can't hit it that far. And today I was just not having it. And, you know, it, there could have been a few factors. Like maybe it was because of the stiff neck. You know, I couldn't rotate all the way or maybe the wrist was bugging me a little bit. You know, I couldn't release all the way, but we're out here to play. Like I can't be making these excuses. You're out there. You got to make stuff happen. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't matter. It, the golf course does not care if you have a stiff neck or if your body is sore, you know what I mean? It's out there. It wants you to play it and it does not care how you play it. It does not give you any mercy. I mean, listen, tiger won a u.s open with a broken leg exactly mj played on the flu exactly i mean just the other night we watched Giannis. i don't know what ended up happening i'm pretty sure he like tore his acl and then he came back out i don't know if he went back in the game i didn't stay to watch but i mean the man looked like he was about to hop back in the game we're talking about champions here they make it happen whether they're injured whether they're healthy and you just got to do it champions adjust that's facts And I was out there, I was trying to make adjustments on the fly. And I think for the most part, like once the middle of the round came, I kept it under control. The start was pretty rough, but as the day kept going on, I kept it under control for the most part. Nothing special, nothing great, but nothing terrible for the rest of the day. After the first like six, seven holes were kind of rough. But after that, I kind of started getting, I wouldn't say I got in a groove because I still wasn't playing that good, but I was to the point where I wasn't playing terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah, from the caddy's perspective, um it was a, obviously a rough start and then you kind of evened out and it was like you were hitting some good shots and then maybe the putt wouldn't drop or you know something would happen, you'd pull one, you'd just barely miss the green and then you're like, "Oh, I need to get up and down for par." And you're just kind of chopping away at like pars and bogeys and then it was just kind of kind of slowly adding up. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it was. In terms of me as a player, it was frustrating as a round. I think I ended up... So I started on the back nine. I shot 44 on the back nine, which was terrible. Then I shot 40 on the front nine, which is not good either, especially for the fact that I had a couple birdie chances, missed them. Like, I had a couple other easy putts, missed them. I had a couple shots that I would pull or something like that when it really wasn't that difficult of a shot. You know, nothing nothing was clicking. You know, I had glimpses of good shots here and there, but nothing... It just wasn't connecting. You know what I mean? But with that being said, I still had a good time. I shot, what was that, 84? Yep, 84. 84, which I don't think is going to do it in terms of qualifying me for the Pub Links, which is really tragic. But there are a few takeaways from this. So even though my goal for the Comfort Challenge was to get back into the tournament and to make the Pub Links, of course, I'm probably not making the actual tournament itself, but the fact that I got back out there. That in and of itself is a huge W because I, two years ago, I did not think I was going to be playing tournament golf ever again. That's a pretty big move. Huge move on my end. And last year, like, so I started getting the Botox injections last November. Before then, I couldn't even swing a golf club more than five times without my arm feeling like it's on fire. Like even last year, I wasn't golfing at all. So I never really saw me playing tournament golf as part of the equation from here on out, you know what I mean? I was just more focused on, can I get my arm to feel okay? Let alone get onto the golf course, you know what I mean? So that in and of itself is a huge W, you know what I mean? Trying to, even though the result wasn't what I wanted for, and this is the most frustrating thing as a golfer, when you know how well you can play and you just don't play that well, it's extremely frustrating. But I really can't knock myself too hard, like, I did put in a decent amount of effort, like, getting ready for this tournament. I would also say, I mean, I was telling Logan, since 2017, I've played golf maybe a total of five times. <laughs> so, this is probably my sixth round of golf within three, four years. Honestly, not a bad showing for how little I've been playing golf. No, and I think it's it's funny because a lot of people before tournaments like they play a lot and they're like trying to get their game just right and you just kind of you just kind of walked in there no go no golf balls in the bag yeah had the caddy bringing them and just showed up i mean did you hit balls before that they didn't have a driving range or it okay. wasn't open at least no driving range Gunsling and sammy out there fresh off stiff nef- neck no warm-up i had um, three putts looked at yep. logan said let's go to the tee." yep <laughs> he texted me the tea time was 8 30 I got there at like eight and he was like, I didn't realize he had zero golf balls in his bag. And he was like, Hey, I'm on the putting green when you get here. And I was like, all right, I'm just doing a couple of things. Then I'll be over. And then I get over there 10 minutes later and he's like, can I have the balls? I need to hit some putts." And I was like, <laughs> dude, you should have told me I would have brought him over earlier. Um, but yeah, there's something to be said for just going out there and, uh, in sending it though. Right. Like Oh, yeah, for sure. I, I really wanted to make this qualifier, though, just because I played in the Publinks a couple of years ago, like back in, actually, 2017. Summer 2017, wow. I played in the Publinks and qualified, of course. Um, it was a fun tournament, so I really wanted to make this tournament. But, hey, that's okay. I got out there. This is me getting back into the game. I think this is officially the start of comeback season. I love that. And for those of you who are not tournament golfers... Playing tournament golf versus, you know, going out for nine or 18 holes with your boys. It is like very different. Yeah. Very different. It's like, a, I mean, I don't, maybe, maybe that's just me, but I feel like the approach is different. You're out there. Like there's one thing when you're out there just messing around, like hitting shots. And then it's a whole nother when you're like actually trying to score. And so, yeah, tournament golf is not like just while uh, waltz in there unless you're. Uh, there's a couple of guys we know that can do it, but yeah, not many people can just waltz in on no practice and just be like, all right, let's rip it up and go actually like rip it up. <laughs> yeah. Go actually rip it up or at least give it like a good effort, you know? Yeah. So just the fact that I went out there, that's a huge W in my book. And yeah, uh, as a comfort challenge as a whole, I think it was good to get back into the game, you know, definitely pushing the comfort limits on a whole bunch of different things. If, you know, one thing to take away from it all is that it got me back into like a really good workout regimen because I was training pretty hard. That's the thing about these comfort challenges. We try to make them like pretty short term, like a month in advance, but it keeps you occupied for that month with some sort of focus and some sort of goal. So my goal of course was to make the qualifier and I played in the qualifier, but of course didn't qualify. But to get to that point, I had to do all these little things that eventually would rack up and it kind of got me into the flow with things that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise been doing. This sounds a lot like, uh, have I talked to you about positive feedback loops? No, really? You might have here and there, but I don't think we've had, surprisingly, we haven't had this in depth discussion. Okay. I'm, I'm a big believer in positive feedback loops, which is essentially saying, you know, if you start, if you start doing good things, like even if they're really small, and you're consistent with them, they start compounding. So a good example that I like to give people is like, um, this would actually be a negative feedback loop, but to put it in perspective, right? So say you're like a moderately healthy person, right? You eat relatively well, you exercise, you know, enough to stay in decent shape. And then you start to get lazy, okay? Maybe you don't work out for a week. Maybe you don't work out for two weeks. After those two weeks, if you're not eating as well, your body doesn't feel as good and then it becomes even harder for you to get back onto the workout grind, right? And then so maybe you push it off or you don't really you don't get back into it then and now you're at a week later, you're at three weeks. your body is probably feeling way worse than it did three weeks prior. and if you keep compounding that way, You would get to a point where you're probably overweight and really out of shape. And then the climb back to getting healthy is just getting harder and harder because it's going to take a longer amount of time for you to exercise and eat right in order to get back into, you know, good shape, right? So basically what I'm, the point is that works on the positive side too, where if you start doing good things, building good habits, essentially it's good habits, right? Um, over time, as long as you're consistent with them, those good habits, instead of putting effort to make them happen, they're going to be second nature and that's going to free you up to do more good things, which is going to make you better and better and better over time, right? So that is like the simple explanation into feedback loops and I am a big believer in them. And this is kind of interesting too. So I made a ton of smaller little, I'm not even going to call these comfort challenges. I would just say goals, so to say for the month and I kind of tied them in together so that I wasn't necessarily focused on each individual one. It all kind of worked together. So one of them, one of the smaller goals I had was to get back into a daily workout regimen. Mm -hmm. So I kind of masked that behind prepping for the golf tournament, you know, whereas if I was just saying, Oh, I'm prepping for the golf tournament and I'm doing this and I'm doing that and I'm doing this, it kind of gets a little overwhelming, but because, you know, I said, all right, the golf tournament's coming up. I want to get myself in good physical condition so that my body's feeling good. What do I have to do to get to that point? Oh, I have to do this every single day. I even started on like a weekly basis. Like the first week I was just like, all right, I just need to get moving, make sure everything's feeling good. I talked with Joe over at TB12, of course, and he, I talked it over with him, making a good plan kind of week from week, kind of ramping things up as we got closer and closer and it worked out really well. And now I'm back onto the, into the flow of like getting back into working out i'm working out harder than i probably have the past year or so so everything is starting to starting to cook you know what i mean and it showed we saw sammy was out there i mean there was a couple swings where he was like you know give me the eight iron and i was like all right he's probably gonna have to hit this pretty good to get there and then he goes soaring over the pin and he's like i haven't hit this club that far ever yeah i mean there's more distance out there oh yeah for sure to put it in perspective actually i want to bring back Back when Sam was playing, when we were at school, it was our sophomore year. And we practiced on, what was it, Tuesdays and Fridays? Yeah. Okay. So it was a Thursday night. I think we had set up Ryder Cup matches for our Friday practice. This was probably like late in the fall. Or it was just regular, you know, weekly matches. And Thursday night, of course, the team's hanging out enjoying a couple brews and someone came up with the idea to put up a bet board. And so pretty much, you know, people are throwing, this was actually I, I really, I completely funny. forgot about this. This, this was awesome. I, I, I have vivid memories because I lost money in this situation. Um, however, you know, fake money. Of course, there was no real gambling. Let's be honest. We were NCAA athletes that uphold the highest yeah. levels of integrity. Yeah. Um, anyway, it, it was dining hall credits. Exactly. Um, but anyways, so there were some funny bets on the board, like, you know, so-and-so over under one half lost ball. So it was like, you know, pressure was on. If you lose one ball, then you lose the bet. Um, that was a good one for Sam though. Someone put up on the board over under first tee shot of the day. Is it going over under 200 yards? (laughs) And I was sitting there and I was like. You guys are going to do my boy dirty like this. <laughs> I'm going to hammer the over. I'm taking that all day. And so I take the over. Someone else looks at me and they're like, no shot, dude. I'm taking the under. So now it's now, you know, it was it was a head to head bet here. We get out there the next day. <clears throat> it's probably I mean, we're talking. By the late way, fall. I have no idea about this. Oh, you didn't know. About I didn't it? know oh, I didn't my know. God. OK, I forgot about that. Um, Sam must not have been there when we were hanging out on Thursday night. So I probably had class or something. He's got no idea, I guess. I forgot about that part. And so we're we're on the first tee. The first couple of groups go off. It is late fall, like I said. So and it was actually it was kind of like one of those like misty, rainy days. So the course is a little bit soft. Um, it's cold, the ball's not going as far. And sure enough the time comes sam steps up to the tee i guess he has no idea that i'm banking on him to hit this thing over 200 yards with a driver okay it's like a relatively flat first hole maybe a little uphill if you get out there kid steps up absolutely hammers one dead center of the face beautiful nice tight draw up there I'm fist pumping in the background. I'm like, "No way that thing's less than 200. Let's go." I'm telling the other kid that he owes me uh, those dining hall credits we were talking about. But, you know, nothing's final until the rangefinder tells you the the, the distance, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam slams the driver back in the bag, you know, confident walks off the first tee. I was in the group behind him, we're waiting. He gets up to his ball. I pull out the rangefinder. I hit the laser. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. (laughs) I do a double take. I try it like three times to make sure I've got the right number. One ninety eight. And I was like, come on, how is that possible? I I really I don't know. It must have been like really cold because it was pretty windy, if I remember correctly, too. And. It, it was a little wet too, I think. It was a little wet. So the ball was probably not rolling out at all. And I was, I was, I couldn't believe it though, because you hit it pretty flush. And I was like, that's got to win me the bet. And then, sure enough, two yards short. Um, but those days are no longer because I can confirm firsthand witness. Sam was out there. We, we shot one and it was what, like 250 out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, the kid doesn't play for four years and all of a sudden he's hitting it farther. Is there a lesson there? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, hopefully, mass golf doesn't drug test me. You know, maybe maybe someone's slipping something into my water bottle. I don't know. I think you'll be okay. I don't it's, think they're. Uh, I'm the exact same weight, size, everything too. So maybe, but you've been getting the reps in over at TB12. Yeah, so maybe Tom Brady's onto something. Pliability. <laughs> Work those bands, baby. I'm telling you. I actually, I went did a workout with them the other day. I was dying after the workout. I, I was literally drenched in sweat from head to toe to the point where like there is another body coach walking by. He's like, Oh my God, bro. He's like, it looks like you just jumped in a pool. And I was just standing there. Like, ah, I, I know, I know <laughs> my man, Joe was like, yeah, that's right. We're putting in the work, baby. I'm just, I'm dying for water. But yeah, I mean, shout out TV 12, honestly. Got to do what you got to do, baby. So yeah, I'm out here cranking, dropping bombs. You know how it is, but just like Phil hitting bombs. Once, once I piece a few things together, we'll be cooking. There was promise out there. If I can get the swing back to how it was a couple weeks ago when I first came out, I mean, watch out, people. It's game over. Baby steps one at a time. But yeah, so that was pretty much the round as a whole. I mean, I'm not going to dive too deep into the specifics of the, yeah, the round. We don't, for we don't the most need part. to get too into it. I will say a couple things, side notes on the round. One, I was very... My mindset... Overall, was very good, personally. Like, even though there were some frustrating shots and stuff like that, I never really let it get me down. You know, you have your two-second window. You're like, oh, man, stupid ball. And then get over it, fine. My mental game has improved, like, tremendously compared to when I used to play. Well, I think you probably... I don't want to say you don't care, but I feel like you don't care about it as much. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've got more perspective. Yeah, I used to like really like say so today i got an eight on a hole on a part five or no maybe seven i got a seven yeah i got a seven on a hole where i went out of bounds twice normally in the past that would probably like ruin my mindset for the entire round after this i was just like "Eh, whatever at this point i was only four over i was like oh we're only four over like (laughs) we're fine i don't care you looked at me and you're like i think we have a bogey putt somehow we're only we're playing bogey golf right now this is fine we're good (laughs) yeah i mean that that was kind of my mindset the entire time which i think is a decent mindset to go in with yeah never too high never too low hole hole by hole shot by shot that's how you got to do it there was something else i was just gonna say too um mindset i don't remember any any comments on your playing partners to be quite honest so i had two playing partners one named jimmy and one named mike and It did take me like three or four holes before I knew who was who. Like I said, I'm bad with names, but Jimmy and Mike didn't really talk to them that much. Usually in the past, I was very talkative in terms of like, I would try to get to know the guys, stuff of that nature, make sure everyone's having a good time. I'm not out here to make friends. They're, they seem like great guys, but I'm not out here trying to chit chat. I'm out here trying to make birdies, you know? So um, aside from that, I really didn't watch them play at all, to be quite honest, because I don't like looking at other people's swings because it kind of messes up my personal swing thoughts. As a caddy who watched their swings, you did yourself a service to not watch, I think. They actually, uh, Mike was actually, a he he hit the ball pretty well. Mike, same sort of situation, was OB a few too many times. If he wasn't OB, he probably would have shot decent i think his first tee shot of the day he pulled it dead right into the hazard it was like 20 yards off the tee yeah at that, I, at that point i was like oh boy we might be in for quite a round and then he actually he got an eagle a few holes later yeah he, he he actually he started off double bogey bogey and then he made an eagle and a birdie to get back to even and then he gave some backup but i think he's gonna make the i think he'll probably make the cut yeah, yeah. he'll make the cut he shot 78 i have uh yeah my playing partners nothing nothing crazy thought they were uh, nice guys that's about it yeah now what are your post round thoughts from caddy's perspective um or any questions yeah i guess post round thoughts i kept getting frustrated that you're hitting the pull hooks you know you'd step up and you'd hit a nice dead straight drive and then the next one you just pull hook into the hazard that makes two of us yeah so, I would, so, I mean, I did a little practice round down at the Cape a couple days ago, same exact thing. I think partially it's with the neck and my wrist, like my wrist just wasn't flicking as much as I like it to, or as it does normally. So I would try it out here. I was trying to hit some little baby fades, but the club face would just be a little too close at the bottom when mm-hmm. it release it enough. So <clears throat> yeah, it, trust me, every single shot that I pull hooked, I meant for it to fade and it just <laughs> didn't fade. Yeah. So but. that was tough, but the swing's not always going to be there. I will say I like your uh, Sam makes very quick and decisive decisions on the golf course. There are a couple where it'd be like, because like I said before, the course is really tight. So there's a lot of times where your ball would bounce and you'd like bounce in the rough a couple times, then like just roll over into the hazard where it was like pretty much all like thick brush. And a lot of people would try and play him out of there. And every time Sam would look at me, he'd be like, pick it up. We're not touching that. Yeah. And we would just move on. You know, it was like bad things would happen. It'd just be like, all right, we'll take it. Move on. Let's keep going. Things happen. You just got to analyze and then you got to work with it. Exactly. So I liked that. I thought the flat stick looked good. I was putting okay. I wasn't getting the read on some of the holes, but for the most yeah. part, putting decent. Yeah. No, you were rolling it well. The lines weren't great, but I just kind of get a read on them. <clears throat> they were kind of the the greens, kind yeah. of weird greens, but I liked the way you were, you were stroking it. So, Anyways. Those are my uh, post round thoughts. I tried to keep it quick. Keep, ugh, tried to keep it quick too. Me and Logan kept going back and forth. We were talking like, forget what you kept saying, but you kept saying something like automatic. Oh yeah, just be automatic with it, which is one million percent the way to do it. Right. My swing coach back in high school, still my swing coach technically. I just don't see him that often because he's down in Texas. When I go out and play with him, he has a timer on the clock every shot. He's like, you got to get up there and just swing. Don't don't think about it. You know what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you firsthand as a guy that thinks over every single golf shot, it's not good for you. So just don't think, just get up there and hit it. I don't even really take practice swings anymore. I just do like a little, just kind of fake swing and then get up there and, and then back it. bit. Yep. yep. No, I like that. All right. So let's roll in. I do have a couple questions for you. All right. Post round interview, post round interview, uh, brought to you live by not the golf channel, but close enough. And, uh, <laughs> okay. So here goes first tournament. Mm hmm in you know four plus years Mm -hmm. not a lot of practice leading up to it Mm -hmm. did you have first tee jitters i did have a little bit of first tee jitters in the sense that i wouldn't say i was nervous to the point where i was like oh my god i'm so scared it was more just like it's i i always get first tee jitters just on the first tee like you know the adrenaline's pumping a little bit I, like I said, I don't want to say I'm nervous, but it's definitely like excitement. Yeah. That's what I was going to say is more of like, you know, like pretty much like anticipation of the round. Right. I just want to get it going at that point. So yes, there definitely was uh, the fact that I hit a tee shot that was in bounds was huge on the first shot. Yep. That was, it was actually a very tight tee shot. Um, I probably would have just hit wedge if it was, (laughs) but so yeah, uh, I would say yes, some first tee jitters, not much. Okay. Okay. That's not so bad. Um, See, the our prep going on the double dates, predate jitters, prepare me for this moment. That's right. You just get used to the nerves. Yeah, exactly. It, they're going to come either way, whether you like it or not. It's just going to happen. It's just how you handle them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I'm sure even Tiger has jitters oh, every yeah. now and then. He just ropes it right down the pipe, though. He gets a jitter right before they hand him his trophy. He's like, wow, my bank account's about to go up so much. He's like, I can't wait to pick up another one of these in like a week. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh, <clears throat> I I had a second question on the board, but I'm going to skip that one and change it because we kind of already talked about the mental state throughout the round. Um, oh, I just had one. We'll, we'll go to my third question. Um, most importantly, how would you grade your caddy's performance today? How? Are, what's the grading scale? Yo, come on in. Come on in. You guys want to join the cast? Come yeah, on. We on. have some oh, guests. I forgot. I was supposed to pick up Legs'... As, uh... I think it's back, right? I thought we were supposed to be golfing today, Joe. So we're already back. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> do you guys, <laughs> <you> guys <laughs> want to... Here, come hello? on over here. Yeah. Jo- come on, join on in. You want to hear what it sounds like? I'll say hello. We got a little guest appearance. Guest appearance. Oh. <laughs> Sit down. Give it a couple words. Oh, wow. You can just hear it right in your ears. Testing. Oh, yes. One, two, one, two. Well, you got to be close to the mic there. Can I tap it? Sure. Damn. Testing. One, two, one, two. Do you have anything you want to say to the disco in front of listeners? No, I think uh, you guys have got it covered. Yeah, I think specific. Stream. I'm mostly kind of <laughs> about, about how the golf went today. Uh, we, b- we bring home gold? We did not bring home gold. Podium? We did not bring home podium. We have fun? Beer? We had a great time. It's kind of like yeah, what happened when Sergio played. You go home early. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> um, this is a cool setup over there because I should probably. no nah, I brought it back. Oh, you're. A and too. I had it locked up too, so it was all good. I'm not. Oh, and you it. guys are recording it too. Oh, oh you're, you're live. Ah, oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> uh, but no, your bag's back. So all right, thank you very much. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're Keep good. Doing what you're doing. I see. I thought I heard voices, but you were talking. So <laughs> I really want to keep that in. I think I might. We'll see. We'll have to get consents from the gang, you know? We'll listen to it, see how it sounds. Okay. Well, let's go back to the question. Okay. How would you rate your caddy's performance today? Right. I think I left off at what kind of grading scale are we going with? Um. Pretty much anything you want. I'd say he had a, on a scale from one to 10, he was a 1738 oh fatty my boy that's what i'm talking about i'll take that i'll take that and run it was great he was keeping he was keeping me uh very nice he kept the mindset nice and going he that made zero sense yeah it didn't really make any sense what i meant was he kept reminding me to be automatic that's what i needed out there we were talking a little bit about pop smoke out there kept the vibes right i think i brought up pop smoke too late because if i brought him up early you probably would have been a couple under early on and then we would add room right you know exactly so i also i was listening to what was i listening to before the round i just put on my toxic playlist i was listening to like kevin gates young thug Hmm. future drake did you listen to really really i did listen to really really coming in but it wasn't stuck in my head you know how sometimes before a round you'll have a song that just keeps on playing and playing oh yeah i used to have that all the time i I don't know who I had in my head today, but it clearly was not getting the job done. It was not Kevin Gates, though. We mm-hmm. we haven't really talked about Kevin Gates much on this podcast. I was thinking about this as I was driving up listening to Really Really. He's another one of those rappers that we really just... We're on the same frequency. We love Kevin Gates, both of us. Yeah, definitely love him. I think I really only know maybe like three of his songs, but it's enough to keep me going, so... He's good. I'll leave that at for now, but... Yep. Yep. Uh, in terms of Logan as a caddy, next time I need a caddy, he's coming along. Great work. Very nice job. As long as I can get out of the day job, I'm there, you know? You know, with the way that I'm dropping bombs now, tour's calling me. Listen, caddies, caddies make good money looping on tour, so... Especially once that podcast. True, true. Which right now is probably 0 Right. We're out here changing the game. We could get on Foreplay maybe. Barstool. Oh, yeah. Do they still do that? I think so. I was confused for a second. I was like, what's... What? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the... For those of you who don't know it, I'm pretty sure it's called For F-O-R-E, yeah. play. Is Barstool's podcast. That's golf related. I think they bring golf people on and right. talk. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. To question number three. Mm-hmm. When's the next, next event? Next event to be determined right now tbd we got to see what the schedule is looking like it's a little late in the season so a lot of the mass tournaments already over but hey we'll take a look see what's out there maybe we make a trip somewhere i don't know but i'm definitely down for another tournament in the very near future i guarantee i can get my swing feeling good like no question it was just a little you know my, so a couple yellow lights along the way with the wrist In the neck, not out here making excuses, but they were definitely factors for sure. Once I get kind of that stuff situated, figured out, we're cooking, baby. Listen, we may have lost the battle today, but we didn't lose the war. Right. There's more to come. Like I said, this was a W, comeback season. It's just the start. You only fail when you stop trying. Exactly. So So,
1: we'll be be back. Even
0: the goats lose from time to time. You know, McGregor's got a fight coming up. He's lost a couple times, but you see him. He's just getting back in the ring like nothing happened. Keep going. Tiger, he's going to come back one way <laughs> or another. I know it. You know, that relentless. That's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Good book, too. So, yeah, we. it was uh, overall very fun day. Great weather, by the way. It was a steamer out there. It was like 90 degrees and sunny. Oh, just how I like it. It was hot. I prefer cooler temps, personally. But, yeah, overall, that was a success. I would say somewhat minor success. I'm not going to say major success, but minor success. And just in the fact that I was, but I cannot speak today. I apologize people. It happens. I am mentally drained. It's the first time I've waken up at 5am and who knows how long you got to do what you got to do though. That's right. All right. With that, I don't really have anything else noteworthy to say. Um, I hope someone found at least a little bit of inspiration or something to go out there And try something that they were a little afraid of. Because to be quite honest, I was very afraid I was going to do something bad to either my neck or my hip or whatever throughout this entire process. But look where we're at. We're just cooking. Listen, you're not going to die. Go out there, give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, now you know. In the words of 50, get rich or die trying. That is facts. So, yeah, figure something out for yourself. Make a plan. Get after it. If if it works out, great. If it doesn't, learn a little bit from it. Have some fun along the way and go from there. So with that, we'll leave you there. Hopefully the next episode will have Laura coming on. If not, maybe we'll drop a little double date number three episode. I don't know. It depends on the timing. but Probably depends on what we're feeling the day we sit down at the next uh, recording. But y- Yeah, we sat down today not really having any idea what we were going to record. We decided, hey, why not just talk about what we did today? so So with that thank you everybody as always peace and love until next time